A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary care plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Catch Up with Louise Makshari. This is the podcast where I do my best to catch you up on the week from news to entertainment to just like interesting bits that you might have missed that you might want to know that I think you might want to know. That's the point of this podcast, and I'm going to try and fill you in over the course of the next hour or so. Um, This, I think, is the latest that I have ever recorded the intro to this podcast because I've had a super busy day. Um, I had a lot on today, and it finished off with the uh, Q&A after the screening of the documentary Your Fat Friend as part of the IFI's Documentary Film Festival. I got to interview Jeannie Finlay, who is the director of Your Fat Friend, um, which is a documentary about Aubrey Gordon. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you will have heard Aubrey on the podcast. I was lucky enough to interview her some months ago around the release of her second book. Um, Aubrey is an incredible person. Um, She started writing under the anonymous moniker of Your Fat Friend some years ago. Um, I think about seven or eight years ago. Uh, Basically just putting out the experience of being fat in the world. Uh, But she writes with such compassion. It's never adversarial. She never invalidates people's feelings and, you know, somehow manages to to just get people on board, to get people to understand the challenges and the systemic challenges, not just like, I don't feel good about myself, that bigger bodies face in the world. I adore her. So I was always going to like this film. Um, and when they emailed me to ask me to do the q and I was like, yes, 100%. I was just so delighted I was going to get to see it. Um, I knew I would like it, but I really loved it. And I, and I hope that everyone gets to see it. This was a kind of one-off screening as part of the festival, but from the conversations that we had um, this evening, I'm hoping that it'll come back to the IFI and uh, maybe even some other cinemas in Ireland. I would love that. I would love everyone to see it. And if it does come back, I will do my best to get Jeannie on the podcast um, because I'd love you to hear from her um, about why she made the film and how she made the film and all that kind of crack because it was... um, such a pleasure to talk to her this evening. So it's worth it that it's almost half 11 and I'm recording this and I'll be up with the kids in the morning. Look, it's life. It's life coming at you fast and I'm so delighted to have these opportunities. So, and I'll be honest, I'm a little bit emotional. It was kind of an emotional evening. I found the film quite emotional to watch at times and the Q&A was quite emotional. There were lots of people uh, in the audience who talked about how significant it was, how significant Aubrey's work was for them. But it's appropriate that I am emotional heading into Aoife Moore's final news segment with the podcast. Just in case you missed last week's episode, Aoife has a new job, which we are just so happy for her. 
so delighted for her that she has it. Um, but unfortunately, it means that she will not be able to do the podcast anymore because she's going to be working for the BBC. Yes, the big broadcasting company. I believe that's what it stands for. Um, and they, yeah, they, they don't like sharing. It's so weird. Like they just won't share her with me which is rude frankly um but no it's it's totally fair enough and um I'm really excited about Aoife going and having a new opportunity even though obviously I will miss her on the podcast and I know that you will miss her too um she's been such an important asset and I won't lie I'm a little bit scared because you guys constantly tell me that she's your favorite and look I respect it but I hope you will stick around um we will continue to do a news catch-up but Aoife was just so supportive of me Aoife started out doing the news segment with me on uh 2FM obviously Ellen Coyne did it with me and then she went on maternity leave and um she recommended Aoife to cover and then when I started the podcast and I mean I had no money. I mean, I had nothing to offer Aoife for doing it. Sorry, the cat is, has discovered something in the background. So if you're hearing rattling, that's what's going on. But yeah, I had, I had no money. Like I needed people to do it for free initially. Um, fortunately, I'm able to pay people now for their contributions. But initially it was really just like goodwill and generosity um, that people contributed. And Aoife was like, yeah, you, uh, you can come to my house every week at like seven o'clock in the morning and I'll do it before work. And there was never a complaint. Um, and, you know, she just kind of blindly had faith in me and um, had the generosity of spirit to like support me and she has supported me as a friend and she has supported me professionally and I'm so grateful for it and I just couldn't be happier for her that she has a new opportunity and I can't wait to watch her fly um but it is sad but it's okay guys we're gonna get through this together and I just need you to just stick with me and we're gonna be fine anyway let's listen to the last catch-up of the news with Eva Moore well, I didn't want to be in this condition for our last, <laughs> our last shot on the podcast. I've just swept into Eva's house and I was like, I did my maths wrong. I don't have enough time for everything I have to do this morning. Blah, 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 blah. And then I said, I didn't want to be stressed for your last one. And she said, sure, why change the habit of a yeah, no, This is actually the busiest day I've had in like six months today. Yeah. Which is saying something for you. Yeah, I have this podcast. Then I have to go make a speech to the Irish Institute of European Affairs about my book that has just hit number one on the bestsellers list for the third week in a row and then I have a radio at three o'clock about the documentary and then I'm doing the six o'clock show and then I'm getting a taxi from the six o'clock show to do a live podcast in the sugar club yeah that's a full day <laughs> but I suppose you gotta make make hay while the sun shines exactly before you're, BBC on one day yeah exactly before you're in the BBC world well I got so many messages last so week I. from people who are just like everybody was like really happy for her really sad for me really mm. sad for you they kept saying to me yeah um, really sad in general and it is sad but you know it's it is a happy thing for Eva yeah and, and I am just so unbelievably grateful first of all was so grateful to Ellen Coyne, who actually suggested me for the 2FM show back in the day. And yeah, coming on the podcast, I do a lot of media. And this is the one consistent thing that when people stop me on the street, the first thing they say is, I know you're from Louise McSharry. Oh, that's so nice. So yeah, big love. And I had so many gorgeous messages. And even if I didn't reply to any, all of them, I did see lots and lots of them. Yeah, I I can't go there emotionally yet. So yeah. let's just do the shot <laughs> and then we can come back to it at the end. Okay, we've got a lot to talk about. And the first thing we have to talk about is a load of cocaine in the Irish Sea. There's a joint coming, folks. There is a joint coming. People will be having a very clean loving life in Dublin after this. So uh, the Guardian have confirmed that they found 157 million euros worth of cocaine floating around 
the sea after a dramatic rescue of two men, two foreign nationals on a trawler that was being tracked by the, U- uh, the US, no, by the Irish Navy. So there was really bad weather off the coast of Wexford. I believe it was Wednesday night. And the RNLA came out, the helicopter, and said, we need to help these two lads in the boat. And the Navy got involved and said, no, 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 don't take anyone off the boat. We need the people on the boat. So it turned out that they had been tracking this boat for a while. And then they eventually did safely winch the man, the men to um, safety. They were arrested immediately. And they, the elite soldiers um, took control of the boat. They said it was a probe targeting a South American cartel. And so the boat itself was registered to Panama and the there was two men on board. So now they have confirmed their hat. They had said they were aware that there was around 150 million euro on of cocaine on the boat before they got on the boat. So I'm assuming they have some sort of intelligence. That's a lot of cocaine. Yeah. So there were uh, warning shots fired into the sea. This was in the middle of the storm. It was all very dramatic. Yeah. Um, but there was no indication that anybody on board was armed. They said there was 157 million. They released a photograph of it. Um, I don't know what 157 million euro worth of cocaine looks like, but they said it could actually be far higher once the cocaine is caught with other substances mm. and mix its way out onto the street. Oh, it was a massive ship. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. yeah. And the guards have said the more large shipments are inevitable due to a glut of cocaine on the market and Europe's position as the biggest cocaine market in the world. Wow. Do you know the country that takes the most cocaine? No. Australia. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So we're like fourth or third, but Australia's first. Fourth? Whoa. Yeah, the last, it's what usage, like how often people use, and Australia's first, and then we're third. But you know, we've <sighs> talked about this a million times. It's everybody from people who do not have set homes to rugby players to people with high level jobs. There needs to be a serious conversation about cocaine use in this country, and it seems to be one that no one wants to have. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's, that's some that's something being mm-hmm. that high up that list um mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot to be said about that but now is not the time for me to say that mm-hmm. um okay let's move on suella braverman um once again making herself known suella braverman <laughs> is the home secretary for the uk um and she has last week called for the wholesale reform of the human rights laws um, she said that people, other people don't want to say this because they won't, don't want to be branded racist or illiberal. She said that she refused to rule out leaving the convention and said the international community had collectively failed to modernise international laws. She wants the, what's the right word? She wants the factors in which you can claim to be a refugee changed. Yeah. So she said that she didn't at one point say she said that she didn't think LGBT being LGBTQ was enough of a reason to claim refugee status. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind there are still numerous countries in the world mm-hmm. that murder people for being gay. Mm-hmm. She said where individuals are being persecuted, it is right we offer sanctuary, but we will not be able to sustain an asylum system in effect simply by being gay or a woman. Or fearful of discrimination in your country is sufficient to qualify for protection. Is the whole point of being a refugee not that you fear discrimination and 
danger in your country. I don't know. I so, suppose it's what is, it's where well, what's discrimination and what's danger. And yeah, that would be the um, argument she would want us to have. Whereas I would argue that people are should be entitled to live a peaceful life. You know, if they're just yeah. existing. So she said that Prime Minister Rishi Sunak uh, has said that he will do whatever it takes to stop the votes, and that continues to be the government position as of right now. Rishi Sunak hasn't commented on th- this specific. Thing, but I would say this came to huge criticism. The UN Human Rights Council said that um, they completely rejected her notion of having an overhaul, and she said that uh, underlying prevent underlying principle of responsibility sharing and then pointedly referred to the UK's asylum backlog, which had more than 175,000 people waiting on it last month. And an appropriate response to the increase in arrivals and to the UK's current asylum backlog would include strengthening and expediting decision-making procedures. Yeah. Similar to us, like, you know, you can't be up on your high horse about things if you're not running your ship well. But I would also say that the Refugee Council said that in our work with people in the asylum system, we see no evidence that the Home Office decision makers are lowering the threshold for asylum. Mm. So that a well-founded fear of prosecution, persecution is replaced with discrimination. <laughs> the Home Secretary's claims do not appear to be grounded in credible evidence. So a lot of this is, and we will see this consistently, the Tories are dying in the polls next to mm. Labour. They get worse and worse. And I have found, and anyone who watches British politics will have found, since they have started going down further in the polls, they actually seem to be getting more and more right wing, which then they further go down in the polls. So any political analyst would say, here, listen, stop. Acting like Cruella de Vil isn't going to work for the general public. Like it's not, Labour are doing well in the polls and it's not because Keir Starmer, who, you know, at one point was labelled a charisma black hole. Mm -hmm. But it's because they don't see themselves reflected in the Conservatives and the Conservatives' policies. But I just get very concerned about the most vulnerable in Britain when the Conservatives have their back against the wall because this is the outcome. Yeah. Then they're talking about leaving a human rights convention. Yeah, and, and also, you know, the reality is even those narratives, even just putting that into the ether is damaging to people who are from those marginalised communities. Okay, now we are going to have some referenda. I love to vote. Yes. I'm very excited. I d- I haven't voted in a referendum here yet. Have you not? No, because I must. Oh, great crack. I must repeal. I just came after repeal. Yeah. Uh, so we're getting two. Gender uh, gender equality and the family are said to take, pl- ne- take place next year. The division of the referendums in August will see voters ask if they want to remove the reference to a woman's place in the home. Yes, we which do. Which is wild that it hasn't uh, been removed already. In favour of more gender neutral language. And a separate referendum, which will be held on the same day, will relate to the definition of family, which the Constitution currently says is based on marriage. Mm. So two very ephemeral Louise McSharry mm-hmm. referendums here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't decided on the exact words yet, but and they were supposed to take place in November, but we haven't got to them yet, but now they, we know it'll be August. So yeah, it's 412 which I'll read out the language for you. So it says, which recognises a woman's life within the home would be removed from the constitution. And then 41.2, which refers to family, would be amended. So it would say, it says at the minute, would would prevent, 
would protect private and family life with the protection afforded to the family, not limited to the marital family. So, so that's what they want to change it to, yeah. Exactly. So not everyone wants to get married. Not everyone can get married. And you can be a family without marriage. Exactly. You can be a family, not even be related. So, um, yeah, these, these are um, two amendments, not amendments, two amendments to the language of our constitution. They are long overdue. We heard from like everyone from Holly Cairns, Mary Lee McDonald, Ivana Batic, all the opposition female leaders um, said that they shouldn't have been delayed in the first place. It was obviously there There was a question of priorities put forward that maybe this didn't matter. But obviously we, as we, I think, and I think you would think that this has to be done because we have to show whether it actually affects people materially or not. It has to show that women are equal yeah. in society Absolutely. and the government has to lead from the front. Yeah, our constitution has to reflect, you know, the way that our country has progressed and we are far beyond a woman's place being in the home. And I am telling you, Noe, you will be shocked at the amount of people who vote against this. Oh, I won't. <laughs> are you joking? I won't be shocked at all. I'm well aware. And many I'm already women, many, the debates. Many, Can you imagine the debates? Many women. I know. Many women. Oh, I know. Will vote against this. I know. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to listen to people mm-hmm. debate these, which is going to be horrific. Well, you don't have to. You can just turn off. I can't. No, you know I can't do that. Um, okay, let's move on. Like, once again... I'm glad we ended with this. Like, I my put last down episode. a story about Donald Trump. I hate talking about Donald Trump because it feels like he could literally go on a mass murder spree. He did say that. And he would still be, you know, it wouldn't have any impact on him. What did he say? I could stand in the middle of, I could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and nothing would happen. And that's, that that seems to be the way. But the latest thing is. So this week we have found that a New York judge ruled that Donald Trump committed business fraud by repeatedly misrepresenting his wealth by hundreds of millions of dollars. And now the state of New York are going to go after Donald Trump for damages. It was a civil case that was brought against Donald Trump and his sons as part of the family business um, that that said he defrauded banks and insurers for years. This will mean now that we haven't had the outcome. We know he'll have to pay damages, but he could also lose his business licenses are now invalid Mm. and he will now lose the right to practice business in New York, which where he lives so like he could lose the running of Trump Tower yeah so and Letitia James who Trump hates with every fibre of his Mm -hmm. being she is the Attorney General of New York she accused Trump and his two sons of inflating the value of their properties by more than two billion dollars which is 1.65 billion pounds which is more or less the same as you um, to suit the needs of their business so they could say it was worth less if they were looking for insurance and worth more, if they were looking for loans. Um, and they said that she said that they issued false records and falsified financial statements in order to get better terms on their deals and pay less tax. Uh, the scathing, scathing decision was given by the judge on Tuesday and the judge determined that Mr. Trump overvalued Mar-a-Lago by 2,300% in one statement overvalued his penthouse in Trump Tower by claiming it was three times its actual size. Like the thing I'd is... Say, I'd say Donald Trump inflates the size of many things and absurdly argued that the calculating the era of the penthouse was subjective. But see, the problem <laughs> is, like, you're laughing and I understand why you're laughing because it's ridiculous. Like, it's ludicrous. But, like, yeah. I'm just, like... I, I can't get past the fact that this man 
was the president of America. And, and, I, like, and, and the thing and for is, me is that they haven't learned anything. No, and that he's still in the running, you know, very mm. seriously in the running to go for the presidency again. And like, there is nothing he can do that will, you know, ruin him. I, like Hillary, I was about to say Hillary Duff. No, different thing. Here, what a president Hillary she would Cl- be. <laughs> Hillary Clinton you know, remember Hillary's emails? Remember Hillary's emails, yeah. Like, why was that a thing? And now we've got literal fraud, sexual harassment, sexual assault. Sexual assault, yeah. Like, all of these things, and none of it is bad enough for him to disappear. I would also just like to point out that this is the, the most amount of frauds, but also Bill Clinton had been credibly accused of rape a number of times before he became the president. Google it if you don't believe me. So, the penalty that Mrs. James is looking for, she wants them to pay $250 million in a fine and a ban on Mr. Trump doing business in his home state. Uh, he said that the judge <laughs> said that Trump's team request to throw out the case was preposterous. And he said that they had been obstreperous in their uh, conduct. Now, naturally, Donald Trump said that the judge was highly politicised and said (laughs) he wanted to delay the trial and sue the judge. Of course he does. So uh, So he's also facing now 91 felony charges across four criminal cases and has pleaded not guilty to all of those. I would say watch the space, but I will not be here to give you the results of all of these cases. But you will catch me on BBC Northern Ireland. I had put in another... another story for you but I've just realised that I put the wrong link in the email and I don't I expect when you I saw to it. talk about I don't Ariana Maddox I don't know on who Dancing with the Stars are. no no that's you something told I'll discuss me with, this. with Esther that's the girl that got Scandal. cheated on yeah. yes but don't worry thank god so I guess I'll have to bring you the, the story that I carefully selected this to be nice our bookend. final story which is actually a real shame because I was looking forward to you telling me this story An American grandmaster in chess, who was part of a row which rattled the world of chess, has denied using a vibrating sex toy to cheat. (laughs) In September 2022, Hans Niemann, I'm reading from BBC.com, your future employer, sat down (laughs) to play Norwegian grandmaster Magnus Carlsen in chess's Sinkefeld Cup, St. Louis, Missouri. Niemann won, but was accused by Carlsen of cheating, a claim which sparked a huge legal row between the pair. The pair settled a... $100 $100 million lawsuit last month. Chess is big business. Chess is big business, yeah. And on Monday evening, Neiman spoke to Piers Morgan on Centre uh, about the scrutiny he has faced since being accused of cheating. It's very disheartening to be accused of cheating after that victory. These things happen, blah, 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 blah. But basically, what? Morgan continued talking about claims that Neiman was getting signals from someone through a remote-controlled sex toy. Morgan asked, to be clear on the specific allegation, have you ever used anal beads while playing chess? What? The 20-year-old replied, well, your curiosity is a bit concerning, you know. Maybe you're personally interested, but I can tell you no. Categorically, no. Of course not. So basically the accusation oh, was so that was someone like, was... Do you remember the guy who went on, who wants to be a millionaire and cheated and it was yeah, a cough? cough? Yeah, So someone was like buzzing the anal sex toy is the accusation. But how would but that, that help would, you in that's chess? That's not going to be like, oh, but maybe it was like one for pawn. Two for night. I mean, that would be an extremely Three. complex he system. Would, and you'd have to really trust your anal also, area. I was going to say, men's good time, Charlie is up there as well. So if there's that many bosses. But also, I mean, you'd need real clarity of, in terms of sensing the number of buzzes. 
I feel like it would take some time. I mean, I it just but feels it just be, unlikely. You'd be to me. very overexcited the entire way through the chest, and you wouldn't be able to concentrate yeah. anyway. I did see someone tweeting that they it was a real it was a real indication of where BBC journalism was that no one in the article had bothered to explain how you could use <laughs> as a vibrating sex toy to cheat in chest. That's why they've hired me. Which I felt was a fair criticism. They, that's that's exactly our last the thing they need from me. Our last story. So, yeah, end of an era, but we are delighted for you. Best of luck. And, um, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll drag you back on in some capacity at yeah. some stage. Like, you can't work there forever. No, exactly. It'll be fine. No, but I want you to go I'm sure and I'll enjoy be it. in some and... kind of personal controversy. <laughs> no, I want you to go and enjoy it and learn loads and, you know, do well and then take that onto yeah, whatever else. Yeah. Also, October 4th. Fools for Love, RT1. Yeah, God, we haven't even yeah, mentioned this. the documentary I made about the dark side and dangers of dating apps. Yeah, it's weird that you're... So you can't talk to me about that? No. Until Monday. I can talk to you until Monday. So should we record something? Yeah. Not now, though. We don't we'll do it time. Saturday, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a streamlining okay, <laughs> operation right, here. Okay, all right, so as it turns out, we'll hear from Eva very soon. <laughs> Even more. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you. Now, when Irish television launches something new and big, everybody gets a little bit sketchy about it. We are all set to hate new things. Let's be honest. We're all set to hate new Irish things. We're especially set to hate new Irish TV things. Um, and so this week, Graw Aaron Tra premiered on Virgin Media Television. It is a, an Irish take on Love Island. Let's be honest, that's what it is. It's kind of a combination of Love Island and The Quail Talked. And lots of people had their phasers set to cynical. Um, but actually, they loved it. Everybody who watched it loved it. Uh, so I thought it would be fun to talk to James Cavanaugh, who's one of the presenters of the show, and uh, a pal of mine. And um, oh, I'm just such a fan of James's. He's so great. Um, so I went out to catch up with him about making the program, the vibe of the program and how he's taking uh, the responses. Also wanted to ask him about his current obsessions because if you know anything about James, you know he loves to obsess over something new and fabulous. Enjoy. Well, James Kavanagh, uh, I was aware, uh, because we were friends, that you had gone to Waterford for a little sojourn, a work sojourn, uh, early in the summer. And you told me little bits and pieces about Gra Aaron Tra, but watching the first episode was so like exciting. It was so lovely to see you doing your thing. And everybody seems to have loved it. Do you know what? I am shocked everyone loved it. Not because I had no confidence in the show, but like I feel Irish people and Twitter, maybe in all countries, like I feel like they're ready to hate things. Yeah. Like it's kind of the place you go to like generally like vent about something or be angry about something. Yeah, or especially these days. Yeah. Yeah. So I was honestly like, more so than anything I've been involved in, I was like at home kind of like, I felt a bit sick, yeah. like watching and I'd keep refreshing the hashtag. And I was like, even though like I, 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 I there's part of me that's like, oh, I wish I didn't watch or like, I wish I kept away from Twitter, but I also can't not see what's being said about it or mm -hmm. me, like mm -hmm. the horrible, like two way sword. But it was 
like 90% positive. Yeah. I think that's kind of rare. I think so too. I think so too. Um, And and I think I have many thoughts of why. Uh, But before we get into that, for anybody who's not familiar, for people who didn't see it this week, explain Gras Erantra and your role in it. So it's basically the, it's basically a grown up whale talked. Mm. Um, It's six, uh, no, it's yeah, it's six uh, Berla speakers, English speakers, and six Guelga speakers, so Irish speakers. And the premise of the show is that the Irish speaker has to teach as much Irish as possible to the non-Irish speaker, and the couple with the most fuckle win. How many times do you think we've tr- we've shoehorned fuckle into Honestly, like, the, the way you keep saying couple and fuckle? I'm it's very enjoyable <laughs> actually, to be honest. <laughs> So yeah, it, it's done in Gwail Talk style. So it's quite nostalgic. Like we do egg and spoon races. The dates are really like, um, the dates are like really cute and really innocent. Mm. And uh, so, so uh, basically the couple who uh, do the best in Grania Shoga's eyes in terms of learning Irish and putting the most effort in win 10 grand at the end of it. Yeah. So um, And hopefully it, fall in love, obviously. And hopefully fall in love and and do some gras. And there there has it's funny there was um so the house it's in it's in kind of like a big brother house mm. and there's loads of hothead cameras everywhere like everywhere in the house is covered but you'll see in one or two of the episodes they've copped where certain like corners of the house aren't being watched mm-hmm. and they're like dragging someone else in you know someone in for like a shift or a kiss or whatever <laughs> but like. Then, then like a producer will run in and like turn the camera when they've like when mm. they're not looking. They want to see everything, um. But yeah, that's the kind of premise of the show, and uh, it, it was such a cute, fun show to film because, like, it's kind of rare these days for people to meet not on an app and mm. also not in a bar or drunk. Yeah, like I, I don't know that you know the last time I met like a, a, a sexual partner that wasn't bar focused or festival focused or yeah. something so actually it was actually like observing kids interacting with each other it was actually quite cute yeah it has a really wholesome vibe I think um and yourself yeah. and Shiva are the man and Bananti um and so you're kind of yeah. Grania's spies right big time yeah yeah, yeah. so Grania kind of swoops in and she's very much like the sexy headmistress kind of yeah everyone's I've been kind of saying everyone's slightly turned on and intimidated by her at the same time. Mm-hmm. She kind of swoops in and sends someone home or gives someone a little bit of a bollocking. And then myself and Shiva are almost like the big brother and sister of the house. Mm. We go in and like comfort them and listen to them. And mm. um, th- that's kind of that's the, the roles between the three of us. I hope I'm not betraying a confidence by saying that when I was asking you how it was going when you were filming, you were like, actually, I'm a bit worried about my role because there's so much mischief happening, like as it is. <laughs> like you guys didn't even need to stir things up, did you? Because the contestants no. were messing. Yeah. And to be honest, myself and Shiva, we were kind of like, you know, a a big part of our role was to try and like pull crack from people mm-hmm. and like we'd go in and like we were supposed to you know play sort of drinking games with them and all this and so much of it was like 
uh, so much of that was axed because the producer was watching them unfold and, and them interact with each other. And they're like, actually, we don't need you to come in. Like, it's grand. So we were like, we're probably going to get like five minutes of airtime because, <laughs> you know, but I was like to Shiva, I was like, I'd much rather be not as heavily featured in a good show than be heavily featured in a bad show. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's such a good sign that like, you know, the contestants themselves were having a great time. And like anybody who's seen the first episode, you can see where that would come. They're really quite a diverse mix of people, um, which I think is interesting. And there's a wide age range. Like is the, I think I'm right in saying that the youngest person is 21 and the oldest person is 29. And like even that, like mixing people of those, you know, at the opposite, at end of their 20s I think could produce some drama yeah and you can kind of you can you can see the differences in in age and experience I guess between the the oldest and the youngest but for some reason they all mix and they all find common ground Mm. but that is something I was like I did obviously I had no input in casting or anything but I was like I hope it's not a bunch of 19 year olds no offense 19 year olds but like I love like even in my friend group I've friends I've friends from all ages and I think that's kind of important yeah um especially in just a visibility as well but Mm. I think that creates a a good atmosphere for drama and Mm. for different opinions and stuff like that so will you keep watching and keep watching Twitter or are you going to kind of let it go now and do its own thing no I'm kind of I'm 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 I was just worried it would be torn apart or mm. you know slagged a lot but people are kind of like oh I I seen some tweets and they were like I really wanted to hate it but I actually like it yeah so I think we've gotten over the first hurdle and the rest of the show is pretty much the same vibe as the first episode mm. but just with more drama there's more tears that'll happen there's some betrayal moments so I think we've gotten over you know like I have friends that are like I was ready to just cringe at that and it is cheesy AF in parts but like it's not terrible and I'm just glad people don't think it's terrible no and I think the cheesy works because as you say it is like I said at the start I have ideas of why people warm to it and I think one of the reasons that people are warming to it is that the the contestants or whatever you want to call them the people in it feel very kind of authentic and you know it's not Love Island where everybody's using catchphrases and you know it does feel like normal real people and also because so many Irish people now unfortunately I never had the Goyle Talk experience but like so many Irish people did have that experience and it does have that flavor and you know I think that automatically makes people kind of warm to it even if it is you know as you said cheesy but like that's because you're kind of summoning those kind of childhood memories I think it it feels appropriate yeah it's like innocent and kind of cute and a little bit heartwarming and there's like you know packets of tato everywhere and like I think that the producers and the you know this they didn't they didn't want to hide away from the the Irishness of it and I like yeah so you Obviously, this is now airing so that you're finished your work on that program. But I know you're working on other TV because you keep popping up little stories on your Instagram um, of yourself out in the world with TV cameras. Are you able to talk about what that show is? Yeah, so uh, we're in the we're almost at the end of myself and William, uh, my boyfriend, are f- uh, filming a TV or sorry, a house hunting show. Mm. So myself and William, we've lived in Fisborough now for about eight years. He's from Cork. I've spent like 
a, such a big chunk of our 11 years together down the country. Mm. And it actually took me a good few years to realize that I'm actually happiest when I'm not in Dublin. Mm. And I'm actually happier when I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere in a way. So we decided let's try out living down the country. And I think the pandemic gave us a good flavor for that because we ended up spending about I don't know two or three months down there in one of the lockdowns and mm. I think if you're going to like move somewhere or do something it would be important to do a little litmus test I yeah. guess and that was it mm. so we we I, we did an interview um with the Irish Examiner I think at one stage saying we'd love to actually move down the country Tyrone Productions got in touch they said we saw your interview would you mind if we shadowed you and followed your your moving house journey mm. and to be honest I would love to have watched or watched this show because it's great if anyone is kind of interested, any city type people. Like I grew up, I think we've discussed this before. I grew up kind of like obsessed with sex in the city and yeah. obsessed with any that was set in London. Yeah. And I always wanted to have like a Carrie Bradshaw kind of like lifestyle of the cities and stuff. But I've actually slowly realized now I want chickens and a vegetable patch. Like that's kind of where I'm happiest pottering around. Which is interesting because um, so, I think a lot of people would be really surprised to hear that, you know, um, because you like yeah. a party and, you know, that's you're not shy about that. Um, yeah. So I think people would be surprised at the idea of you wanting to live a kind of quiet, wholesome existence. Yeah, I mean, I think we're similar in in a sense that like I really enjoy my own company. Like yeah. I'm most I'm most of the week I'm a loner. I'm at home with my cat <laughs> watching YouTube stuff. Yeah. So, you know, then I go like yourself, I have a blowout once every two weeks or something like that. And I see every single friend of mine and yeah. but then I retreat to my little cocoon. So I'm like I'm I'm lucky in the sense that I can kind of work you know, doing what I'm doing now, touch wood, it continues, but I can kind of work from anywhere. So it's like, yeah. why wouldn't I make that anywhere a nice base down the country with a bit of, you yeah. know, a bit of a garden, some chickens and and have that wholesome bell life that I've been kind of like searching for. Like little so, town, it's a quiet village. <laughs> Every day, like the one before. I'm like, Belle's complaining about that. I'm like, that's the fucking dream. I Every love it. Sleepy town yeah. every day like the one before. That's my dream. I know. I know. I, I, don't I, want, I don't want new spooky stuff happening every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot to be said for it. Like James and I, um, just to let you in listeners, uh, James and I spent a lot of time sending each other memes of people talking about how they live their lives from bed because we both like our, our home, our most comfortable space, our dream scenario, our working space, our sleeping space, our living space is our bed. We have we have I to join forces. We've been saying we have to join forces one day for a bed day. I'm, I'm on a podcast, William. <laughs> Perfect. Sorry, Louise. No Sorry, listeners. I, I warned him that I was doing this and he's screaming at me. But I will. I, I want to put it out there uh, on the podcast. Let's manifest this. I'd love if there's a company out there, like a furniture company or a bedding or linen, to give me and Louise a, a job where we do it from bed. Yes, I don't please. Know I don't know what the crux or the bones of it is, but I just feel like myself and Louise in bed mm. would be good content. In bed with James and Louise. Yeah. That's, that's what it would Where be called. Discuss things or eat stuff. Yes. Discuss things and eat stuff. Yeah. This sounds like a podcast or a TV show, James. So we should take this take this conversation offline and, and see if we can actually make well, something of this. Chloe, our shared agent, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> 
And if you're not, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so how's everything else though, work-wise? I mean, how's the Currybinny caravan going? I know that was a big kind of venture for you and William um, over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's going, uh, it's going good. So we, we've started off in Inchcore um, and then we moved to the museum, the National Museum down at, at Collins Barracks. And see, this is the, the plus and bad side of having a mobile food truck is that you get turfed out every now and then, but it kind of means you're going to loads of different areas. So there's good mm. and bad to it. So at the moment we are um, for the next six weeks and possibly longer, we're outside the Dean art studios on Chatham road, just off South William street, which is gorgeous. And, mm. um, really lovely area and like lovely uh we're surrounded by loads of lovely businesses just across from tropical popcorn right beside and um, the metro cafe mm. and and off just off king street so we're there now and we're being really experimental with the menu it's ch- it's changing pretty much every second day at the moment we made this homemade ice cream homemade um, mexican vanilla ice cream and i got the vanilla paste when i was in mexico recently on a cruise mm. this stunning really potent vanilla um, and we've made homemade ice cream out of it and we're doing affogados oh, I don't yum. think there's enough affogados in the world affogado just in case you don't know because I only found out last year is like a coffee ice cream blend yeah I've yeah. actually never had one James are you still doing them yeah we're doing it for the next couple of weeks so come down to the caravan I will. and our, our coffee you're only recently into coffee aren't you yeah I only got into coffee about uh, three years ago yeah. Now, I don't know a huge amount of coffee. I just know it's like wine. I know exactly what I like, but yeah. I couldn't tell you everything about I know in wine land, I love Alberino. Mm-hmm. In coffee land, I love chocolatey, nutty coffee. I don't mm. like fruity coffee. Mm. I find very coffee type people are into really fruity coffee. But in our in our caravan, we serve Soma coffee, which is brewed in cork. Mm. And we have very chocolatey, nutty coffee. So we do um, a, a espresso shot of our chocolatey, nutty coffee and then um, the vanilla, um, Mexican vanilla ice cream on top. And it's like just so delicious. Oh, I like genuinely want one now. My mouth is watering listening to you describe it. What are you what are you yeah. obsessed with at the moment, James? obsessed with at the moment uh, do you know what i'm i i am obsessed with uh at the moment is more for the channel or the the tv station on a sunday uh-huh. it shows the omnibus of come dine with me and four in a bed are you are you into those shows i loved those shows I loved them. I never have time because of the kids. I don't get that like sitting down TV time anymore, especially not during the day. But when I was in my 20s, I remember going through a breakup one time and just being so miserable and not like I finished work at 1 p.m. and not wanting to go home to my own apartment. And my friend letting me into her apartment or her house that she shared with three other friends who I was also friends with. And she went to work and I stayed in their house because being alone in their house was somehow better than being alone in my apartment. And I sat there and I watched, I mean, easily nine episodes of Four in a Bed, like just one after the other. It's the most bingeable show in the world. And just for anyone out there, I almost try and get drunk on Saturdays so I'm hungover on the Sundays I don't know being hungover just makes it more delicious mm. I get into bed um, I know I get out of bed when I'm hungover I go shower and then I get back into bed and I'm in bed for the entire day and it's just it's almost like it's probably six or seven hours of bliss like we're four in a bed 
like seeing like these middle-aged English people like lifting up mattresses, mm. finding a hair and like having a blazing row with the owner over it. Like it's just heaven TV. I heaven love it. TV. It's petty, yeah. pettiness and petty squabbles and concerns that actually have no impact on anyone's life. There's something really delicious yeah. about that one. So I, th- I oh, and you know what? I actually think it comes back to what you were saying about Twitter these days about how it is kind of a cesspit of negativity. Like it's nice to kind of take solace in things that are kind of meaningless but still like exercise the full realm of emotion um and somehow they do like Like, what a sad little life jane i mean one of the now that's come down with me but like one of the most iconic moments of television history there's just so many iconic moments of of it's just the most delicious the snake you know what else sorry the witch the snake on the table do you remember the What's come the down with me? Too? Oh my God, I'm going to find this clip and I'm going to put it in the show notes. There's an episode of Come Down With Me where this girl pre- prepares the food. Everybody comes over, obviously. And then in between courses, I think just before the dessert or maybe with the dessert, she takes out her pet snake and everyone is freaking out. They're not happy about the snake. And she puts the snake on the table and the snake shits on the table while they're eating their oh. dessert. It is... <laughs> horrific and amazing like I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna send it to you now it is it's it's one of my favorite moments anyway sorry I interrupted you I met I met randomly a producer who worked on come down with me for like 10 years and see if you can guess this so you know the voiceover guy Mm -hmm. okay I've found sorry my Siri just came on you know the voiceover guy come Mm -hmm. down with me yeah Think of how many episodes there are. They're like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Guess how much he gets for one voiceover for an episode. A grand? Is that insane? 3,000 pounds. What? 3,000 pounds per episode. And that fee was agreed at the start of Come Dine With Me. So it's gone up. Has and to have. No, no, no. It's it's it stayed three thousand pounds, but he bangs them out in a day. Bangs them out, and it's three grand per episode. No matter if he's doing like five episodes in one day, it's three grand per episode. And so, let's say there's been three hundred episodes, which is a conservative estimation. Oh, yeah, that's a that's nine hundred grand. That's almost a million. Yeah. Just from yeah. come down with me. I'm very happy for him. What's his name? Dave Lamb. Did I make that up? I think that's his name. Oh, that might be his name. Yeah, yeah. Fair play to you. You found your thing. I mean, he's nailed it and he makes it, you know? Yeah, you just have to know your value, don't you? Find your thing, be good at it, and then move on. Well, James, thank you. Yeah. Can I say something else I'm obsessed with? Yes. Um, my, and you were with me on this journey. So Louise, obviously, skincare queen, etc. I was <laughs> like, Louise, what's the story with mini fridges for your cosmetics? <laughs> and Louise was like, look, I don't know if it actually does anything in terms of like making your skin better, but you love a luxurious moment. Now, Louise, I've, I, I, I'm so obsessed with it. Like <laughs> it's made my mornings so nice to put on cold cosmetics as someone who's like a bit of a puffer fish in the morning and red mm. it's so good and I got these uh, maybe you'll know the names of them but they're like maracas filled with co- like cold liquid that you can put on your eyes yeah kind of like cryoglobes but I think the ones that you have are a different shape yeah they look cool they're me- cold metal cold metal so I put them now in on my eyes in the morning from my mini fridge so anyone out there get a mini fridge they're only like 40, 50 euro. Put your cosmetics in it. And it's just like being at the spa every single morning. <laughs> I knew you would love it. Yeah, James texted me and he was like, what do you think? And I was like, look, I think they're nonsense, but I know you and I know that you <laughs> like a, a, like a kind of a moment and a process and kind of ceremony. And I was like, I think you'll love it. I think what you have are the Aliso, um, 
crypt, uh, cryo face tools, um, just in case anybody wants yes. the exact ones that James has, because I saw you using them on your stories. Um, and that is an Irish company as well. Um, but yeah, anything cold and metal on your eyes is always going to feel nice, or your face in general. Um, maybe yeah, that's our podcast, James. Maybe it's James and Louise, James and Louise's favorite things. Like, I think yeah. that could be fun. Look, we'll, we'll take this offline. We'll bring this up with Chloe. Um, thank yeah. you so much for joining me. I know you were absolutely up the walls at the moment and I couldn't be happier for you that you're so busy. Um, and congratulations on Grow Air and Tra. When, when can people watch it? When's the next episode on? It's on Mondays at 9 p.m. on Virgin Media 1. Perfect. You are a superstar. You've missed it. Yeah, it is on the player because I had to catch up because um, I, I, what was I doing? It doesn't matter. I was doing something very important, obviously. Um, but I watched it on the player, so it's all there for you if you want it. James, thank you so much. Love you, Louise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, time to catch up on the celebrity antics of this week. There are always celebrity antics. They just never ever stop. And this week, Esther Omar Donahue is the person to take us through the week's dramas. We are going to talk about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. We're going to talk about the writer's strike. We're going to talk about Lawrence Fox. <sighs> uh, there's a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. Esther Omar Donahue, what a joy it is to have you on the podcast once more to talk about the week's celebrity antics. And there was a massive story this week, which actually, when you break it down to brass tacks, is literally a woman going to a football match. <laughs> but like, it became enormous didn't it we've all done it we've all gone to football matches some one way or another we've ended up there we don't know how we got there but we're, <laughs> we're there um so okay let's break down we know who taylor swift is travis kelsey he's a 33 year old american football tight end for the kansas city chiefs he scored 71 touchdowns and 825 receptions i don't know what that means according to wikipedia he's considered one of the greatest tight ends of all time same babes same <laughs> But Lauren Murphy in the entertainment.ie makes the point that he's the first non-British man that Taylor Swift has dated in years. And we are speculating that they're dating because she turned up one of his games last week. Everyone lost their minds. The NFL, 
got on board. They were changing their bio left, right and center. It was at NFL brackets Taylor's version. Um, <laughs> they've I think think that this today as of as of a time of recording, the Twitter bio for NFL Network is week three was beyond our wildest dreams. Oh and God. the at NFL bio is B or B heading to London. So, you know, um, the, everyone's lost their minds at this possible union and sales of Travis Kelsey's jersey number 87 have gone up 400 percent apparently it's so insane like it's insane it is insane it is insane and i hadn't thought about this but yeah so she's dated harry styles calvin harris actor tom hiddleston we wonder uh joe alwyn and then you know possibly maddie Healy. and so this american guy has step stepped in and she went to the concert, had the red lipstick on. She was in the family box, the suite, it's mm-hmm. called, because I listened to his podcast with his brother, mm-hmm. cheering, giving it loads. They were pictured afterwards in his convertible. You know, we just saw that we just saw this. I think all I saw was a static shot. So, you know, is it all stage? We don't know. But anyway, apparently they're just having fun. And so his podcast, he has a podcast with his brother. And it. I just had listened. If you want to listen to his podcast, it is go to 31. 3151 I think or 3051 you get to the Taylor Swift info um, and he was just very he kind of you know very light and breezy about it they were like yeah she came we had a great time you know he was kind of joking like oh the crowd went wild it was such a great match and then his brother was like but let's talk about you know Taylor being there so yeah I mean it's all a bit of fun yeah all it's gas and like you know yeah. the whole thing happened I think because he went to her co- he's been saying for years that he likes her and he wanted to give yeah. her a brace a friendship bracelet with his number on it at her concert but he didn't get to meet her and he said this on the podcast and then next thing she's yeah. at the match so this has been building since July he said how he wanted to meet her and exchange numbers with her um, but he was left disappointed and he t- is explaining you know about the friendship bracelets and then but look you put it out there Louise you ask and you shall receive but the thing um, is like this who knows whether there's any actual romance here or if it's just like you know her playing the game because she's so good at playing the game she is so the podcast by the way is called his podcast with his brother is called new heights with jason and travis kelsey as i said thirty-one fifty-one. go to the taylor info and when you listen to it like it's he's very he, this man is relaxed he mm-hmm. seems like a nice guy He's just very, you know, it wasn't like gushy and like giggle, giggle. No, I don't want to talk about it. He was just like, yeah, we had fun. She was there. So it to me, it wasn't, you know, giving me the big romance vibes. But we don't know. No, we, we don't, don't know. know. It's entertainment for us. And, you know, so anyway, exactly. there you go. We'll take what we're given. Um, okay, next up. Good news about the writer's strike. Yeah, so this writer's strike has gone on for 146 days nearly five months um, and they've reached tentative agreement with the studios, the writers union and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Uh, this came out on Sunday night. The details have uh, still to be formally approved. Um, so, you know, the strike came about because Hollywood workers were frustrated with the share of profits in the online streaming era and, you know, the threat of artificial intelligence. Might they just kind of, you know, scan, you know, when they go in, it's part of their contracts, you know, they get their whole bodies, you know, they're scanned and their images are kind of retained mm. or whatever. And could they be just utilized again for endless iterations of, you know, I don't know, Sex in the City 75, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So they wanted fair compensation. And, you know, the studios weren't going to break and the writers didn't break. And, um, 
you know, initially Bob Iger, the Disney CEO, called the writers and actors' demands just not realistic. You know, cut to let's have a look at your take. You know, your your contract and your compensation, mm-hmm. Bob Iger. Um, so we'll see what the the full details are when they come out. But hopefully, it'll come to an end. So late night TV, late night television shows are expected to resume production shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, it wasn't just that the you know the big ticket, you know, big name actors, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and the writers. It was you know the camera operators, just the whole infrastructure around it. So, yeah. um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that everything will kind of go back to normal and um, yeah, hopefully. hopefully they'll be fairly compensated. Hopefully. Now, let's talk about Lawrence Fox on GB News with Don Wooden. What an absolute scumbag. This story is wild. You see, okay, so GB News, this, you know, I think right-leaning, or they talk, they, they promote free speech and say what you want, blah, blah, blah. Dan Wooden, as journalist, is on it. Lawrence Fox is on a show. He said things about journalist um, Ava Evans and um, so Dan Wooden was suspended following these these comments that Lawrence Fox made and uh, in the statement it said this follows our decision earlier today to formally suspend Mr Fox as well we are conducting a full investigation so during the broadcast on Tuesday night Wooden and Fox discussed Ava Evans comments um, made by the producer during her appearance on BBC Politics Live. And she was talking about men's mental health and maybe suggested that there should be a minister for mental health because, you know, it's 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 a big problem. And someone needs to kind of steer policy in that area, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So uh, Fox, Lawrence Fox commented on her, described her as a little woman, and declared, we don't need these sort of feminists 4.0, who he said are pathetic and embarrassing. Adding, who would want to shag that? I mean, this is a grown man. Yeah, he went on for ages about how nobody would want to sleep with her. Like, you know, why is that even relevant? And Dan Wooden, who is a slime bag of the highest order, I will not hold back, was just sitting there with like this little grin on his face. It was horrible. She wasn't there to, to defend herself. It was too hideous men talking about a young woman in a disgusting manner and I have to say the most shocking thing of it all for me is that GB News came out and said it didn't reflect their values because frankly like it seems like it did reflect their values because that's why they have someone like Don Wooden on and that's why they bring on contributors like Lawrence Fox and like yeah so so during the you know Fox's you know little tirade whatever Dan Wooden kind of smirked and smiled and he kind of you know sits on the fence and and, and kind of egged him on anyway after the suspension it all came out Lawrence Fox then published texts or WhatsApp between himself and Dan showing that or or, or maybe it was the producer actually I can't can't confirm that but you know saying look they knew what I was going to say and um, blah 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 but I wonder like do they just want to you know why is this the mark why is this the thing that is finally uh broke the camel's back because Dan, they've said awful things in the past and this is truly awful. I'm not saying that, you know, it's any better or worse, but like, do they just want to, I, I kind of think, is there, is there a a motive to just to get rid of Dan Wooden? Because there are other things about him yeah. online. Is this just the, is this just the one thing that they're kind of like, okay, we can maybe, he's breached policy here. Yeah, possibly because out. there has been a lot of accusations for sure. Um, you know, Lawrence Fox, by the way, just in case you're not clued into who he is, you'd recognize this guy because he was an actor and um, he still is an actor. Actually, IMDb tells me that he this year, last year, excuse me, f- was in a film about Hunter Biden. Of course he was. Um, and he was once married to Billy Piper. Um, I'm pretty sure, which is yeah. um, pretty like 
mad. <laughs> um, yeah. But he has taken a direct pivot a la Russell Brand into kind of very right wing and conspiracy theory kind of style um, ranting online. And I have absolutely no time for him. I don't know why he would be given any kind of platform whatsoever. Not No, not at all. And he, it wouldn't hasn't tweeted since a time of recording, but he, you know, came out with a statement saying... I want, to reiterate, re, re, I want to reiterate my regret over last night's exchange with Lawrence and GB News. Having looked at the footage, I can see how inappropriate my reaction to his totally unacceptable remarks appears to be. I want to be clear that I was in no way amused by the comments. I oh, shut ask. up. Yeah, these I people. Okay, next up, a real treat of a story. Ariana Maddox, uh, who you know from <laughs> the scandal story and who Esther and I know from years and years of watching Vanderpump Rules. She had her first dance on the American Dancing with the Stars over the weekend uh, or earlier this week sorry and it was really something did you watch it like did you watch I, the I clip ha- I, I watched the clip yeah. I mean I think she yeah she's she's yeah she's got natural rhythm I think she's you know yeah she's a, she's a performer um and I I want to say also you put in the hard yards with Vanderpump Rules. I came in with the cheat sheet when it was all going off and I, I'm into it now. I'm in the right. universe, but I just want to say that. I, like, Sorry, I it's good. That, yeah, years I, years. I appreciate you being honest about that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but she wore a red cutout dress and it was similar to the outfit she wore when she was dressing Scandal and the uh, VPR season reunion um and uh you know it was dubbed the revenge dress so she's leaning into it and um her partner is pasha pashkoff and they did a tango to Haley steinfield's love myself oh they have it all worked out yeah Louise. i know and they got a score of 21 out of 30 for the first week that's 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 good yeah she was really good i just thought the whole yeah. package of it was was good like that her intro was like you might know me from this scandal and you know it's been a roller coaster year but this doesn't just dis- define me and um, she said feeling like you were a joke to your partner of nine years and your best friend is devastating but I want to show other women none of that stuff has to hold you back this is going to be a more confident fun and vibrant version of myself because I don't need anybody else I love me and then like after she danced the female judge I'm sorry I don't know the names of the judges but the female judge stood up and she was like yeah for all the women out there cheaters (laughs) suck (laughs) it was was a bit much I think a bit heavy handed (laughs) but her dancing was amazing and I thought it was cool that they you know it was the tango so it made sense for her to wear something red and to do a kind of play on her reunion revenge dress I thought was pretty good and did you hear that Tom Sandoval is launching a podcast (laughs) I know we all have a podcast we do everyone should have one at least once in their lives so look let's have a I don't know I don't know. Okay, let's go. But he's, let's he, go. Launch a Substack. Have a podcast. Let's I do know. it, baby. But he released this kind of trailer and it's a guy being like, okay, so we asked the public for like words they associate with you or names they suggest for the podcast. And it was all White like... White varnish. It's all like scumbag talk and like slime bag and you're saying all these horrible things. And then Tom's like, yeah, I know. Okay, I've got it. I've got the perfect name. He goes, everybody loves Tom, which in fairness is good. But who wants to listen to him even before this? Who would have listened to him? Like, I don't want to hear what he has to say. Listen, I have a podcast by Carvery, so I can't talk, you know? I mean, there's an audience. There's a lid for every pot, Louise. There's an audience for everybody. Tom, people want to, people, sure, Raquel lost her mind over him. So there's like people out there who probably think he is the sliced banana. So, But I love to hear your Carvery talk. That's different. That's valuable. And I would listen to you talk about anything. Whereas this guy is <laughs> yeah, a... That- 
that's what I kind of believe as well, Louisa. But it's I was true. trying to be kind to Tom Sandoval. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, so listen, I'd be, yeah, I'm sure we'll cover it on the podcast. Hopefully we'll do, we could do a listen along or something like that. Let's review no. uh, minute by minute. No. no. We don't even know. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. No. But I also want to point out that, at to- again, I've said this the third time in this recording, at time of recording, Ariana Sandwich Shop, something about her remains unopened. Yeah, what's going on there? Why hasn't well, it I opened? Saw, I saw a tweet during the week and it was like, they've, all the little awnings, all the cutesy-pootsy bit at the front, it's all been torn down, but apparently there's more issues with permits mm. and Spencer Pratt kind of quote-tweeted this an image of the front of the shop change and it was something like, um, s- seems like a merch grab. So he's kind of suggesting they put the brand out there, sell mm. a load of merch. Mm. But we don't know. We hope we hope they open the sandwich shop, but at the moment it's still not happening, so. Well, they were doing like, on TikTok and stuff, they were doing like tastings and like bread samplings and like working. I don't know. Yeah, look, we'll Louise, wait and see. Louise, Louise, I can't eat a TikTok. I can't eat a TikTok. That's I a need fair to point. Be in LA. That's Thank you for eating sandwiches <laughs> with the open shop. So, you know, we can all TikTok sandwiches. This is, this is all fair. Um, and s- Yeah. And speaking of TikToks, oh. I'm <laughs> Yes. Segwaying into wow, beautiful. What a stunning. You. You take it away, Esther. <laughs> I just had a coffee. Lenny Kravitz has made his TikTok debut. We actually will we'll go back in time. 2012. Lenny Kravitz went for a little stroll in New York City. He's got his leather coat on, his little stacked Cuban heels, his beanie, and a fringe scarf, which was fucking massive, would be the size. <laughs> yes, fucking and, massive. And it was it was a huge scarf. But then people were like, whoa, that's a big scarf. And then people got on their Adobe and their Canva and they were like, let's make the scarf bigger, bigger mm. still, bigger still. Mm. So you'll see the meme of Lenny Kravitz. If you put Lenny Kravitz scarf into Google, if you've never seen it, you'll see it. There's an enormous scarf. It's like three times the size of him. And it's kind of heralding in cozy season. Mm-hmm. And so now, years later, he, you know, in 2018, he made the comment. He's like, oh, my God, I can't escape the scarf. And but now he's in on the joke and he used it to make his TikTok TikTok debut, very clever. Mm. So there's a picture of him walking in Central Park with the original scarf, which mm. is massive but normal sized. And he said, grab your big scarf. It's the first day of fall. And he was wearing the same outfit. So I love it. Pumpkins. And I want to say on the same kind of note, I also saw on Twitter during the week, you know, Christian Girl Autumn influencer Kathleen uh, Covington. She's got 1.3 million followers on Insta. You know, she does these big elaborate, like she's, she's Queen Pump- Pumpkin Spice. She's big blow dries it's autumn leaves in the background anyway she made in her announcement that she's going to vermont in october to take her annual fall photos so people have lost their minds about that as well i don't so, know yeah. this person i need to get to know. See, i don't know but but she is like and one of the comments was like mother fall has defrosted here we are grab your boots and pumpkin spice beverages <laughs> we are going christian girl autumn like she just it, it's kind of old school kind of blog post oh i'm aware of the concept i just don't know caitlin covington i need to obviously no no i've never heard of her but time in her she is grind zero of oh, yes. Okay, spice, got it. Apparently. Well, so if she's evil, I don't know. I haven't done any research. So please, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Thank I you. think it's. Um, I'm not like I'm not really feeling autumn yet. I'm still find myself pumping with sweat arriving to events. Still it's warm. Still that transitional weather. Anywho, Esther Omar Donahu, thank you so much. Where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram, Esther Two Names. I will pump. Podcast will be coming back soonish. It's carvery season soon, and that's all I've got to say about that. Esther, two names on Instagram. I'll see you there, guys. Stunning. Thank you, my babe. Bye. Now it's 
just about time for me to go. But before I go, can I just remind you that A, I have a show coming up in just a few weeks in Limerick in Dolan's Warehouse. Um, very much looking forward to it. Very excited about the guest I have lined up for you. It's going to be a fabulous night. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, come and meet me and chat with me and join me for In Conversation with Louise McSharry. Please, I would really love it if you did. Bring some pals. Make it a night out. Tickets are on sale now, as I said, and the link is in the bio. I'm also playing The Everyman in Cork in February. It's on St. Bridget's Day, and it's going to be a celebration of all things women in Ireland. So... I cannot think of a better way to celebrate St. Bridget's Day than coming together with loads of other women. Men are welcome too, of course, if they want to come. But it's mainly the women that I'm thinking of for this one. It's going to be a good one. I've got lots of time to plan it and bring it together. So get your tickets now. They're available. The link is in the bio. Um, also, just to flag that there was a new culture episode on the Patreon that went up this week. I talked to one of Ireland's leading fashion stylists, Karina Gaffey, about the supermodels, the four-part series about the OG supermodels, Cindy Crawford, Christy Turlington, Linda Evangelista, and Naomi Campbell. I really enjoyed that chat with her and that is live now if you want to go and get it. And of course, if you sign up to the Patreon, you get all the previous episodes as well. And recommendations. Guys, I'll be real with you. I don't have a lot this week aside from your fat friend, which I absolutely gushed about at the start of the episode. But what I will say, I'm going to talk housewives. I know not everybody's into the housewives, but I have to recommend some housewives. If you're not watching the new series of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I just highly recommend it. Salt Lake City got a bit grim, let's be honest, last year. I think, to be honest, I like really put, like I stopped watching kind of halfway through and then put off watching the rest of the episodes. It was just like bleak and kind of boring. This season is so light and ridiculous. Like it is gold housewife stuff. People having tantrums over their glam squads. People having tantrums over losing their $60,000 rings. But then other housewives who aren't as fortunate calling them out on being completely out of touch with reality then they Trixie Mattel is in it they've had they all went out and wearing drag makeup only some people wouldn't do it and some people would it's just been ridiculous Mary Cosby is there just acting the maggot Heather puked in a in a sprinter van because she got so drunk on espresso martinis like it's just nice top line fun ridiculous crack so Real Houses of Salt Lake City. You could watch it this season. I actually don't even think you'd, you could you could come in on this season and enjoy it. You'd miss a few bits, but like you'd, you'd still enjoy it. I just am enjoying something so kind of frothy and ridiculous. None of the problems are real. And, and that's what I want because things got a bit real for a while. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, on that note, I'm going to say farewell. I hope you have enjoyed. I will be back with you next week. Please come and join me. Uh, please buy tickets and come and see the show. I would really appreciate it because the last thing I want is to be sitting alone in a theater um, without any of you guys because you are the makings of those shows. <laughs> you bring the atmosphere. You're the most important thing. And also, honestly, I always, I always hear from people that they have a good time. I'm just saying. Okay, farewell. I will talk to you next Friday. I hope you have a good week. But if it's not good, that's okay. They can't all be good. Just keep going. One foot in front of the other and I will talk to you then.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.